The Daily Tap is live for Friday, the Hater's Guide to Watching the NFC Championship Game. We have it for you. How do you watch it and be a hater? At the same time, we will also do the Wisconsin Viewing Guide for the weekend. We'll talk about all the games going on this weekend a little bit, give you a little key highlights, and then eh, a little gym complaint at the end to wrap us up. We... Transition bar complaints to losses, but I do want to have like a a section where I can just miscellaneous stuff at the end of at the end of the podcast. So we'll just do some gym talk at the end. Have something to get off my chest. I also have something that I was theorizing and noodling on while I was at the gym uh, tonight. So I will uh, talk to you guys about that. Um, But before I do, let's uh, talk about the haters guide. So we have the Rams and the 49ers, um, the NFC Championship game. There will be a lot of people who say they're not going to watch this game. See it on Twitter. You'll probably see that in a bunch of Instagram stories. I get it. I understand there aren't going to be a lot of people wanting to watch this game. I understand that seeing the Packers lose the way they did is one of those things that's going to be really hard to get over. That said, I think it's football and you only have three games left. You only have these two games in the Super Bowl, and that's it. And then we don't have football until fall. And yeah, the USFL is there in the spring, which will be cool for a fucking week, and then we'll all get sick of it. Um, and that and that's usually how those spring football leagues go. So you have three games left. You should watch this game. There's no reason you should avoid this game. Now, could you go do groceries? Could you, you know, have the game on the radio if you're driving or you need to be out and about on a Sunday night? Yeah, for sure. Do you need to like make plans with your buddies? No. But at the same time, I do think it's like something you should watch. So how do you watch it and be a hater? There, there are a lot of ways. There are just a lot of ways. You, you first pick a side that you want to cheer for. Probably a gambling thing. You have the Rams as a three-point favorite. Um, I don't necessarily know the over/under offhand. Apologize for that. I didn't prepare. Uh, we've done. If you've not paid attention, gambling has been a little de-emphasized here on the show, which I can explain another day. But anyways. The rant, you pick probably a side, you probably gamble on it. You say, all right, I'm going to take this, and this is my bet. Or maybe you bet the under, maybe you bet the over, and that's your bet. And you ride that out for, for the game, and that's what you cheer for, and that's basically your cheering post. Now you're saying, well, can I be a mercenary and cheer for the Niners? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of things that line up. I mean, the Rams have been owned by the Niners. There's going to be, you know, whatever, 30 to 40% of 49ers fans in there, which will be an absolute embarrassment to Los Angeles. And some people, a very old school method of we you want to see the team who beat you win the championship because that justifies that maybe this was a team of destiny and all along the Niners were the team to beat in the NFL and we just didn't see it. And because of all the injuries they had early COVID that they sort of rose through the ashes and emerged as a Phoenix. That is possible. The other side of it, if you choose to bet the Rams, is that you're basically wanting to see Jimmy G eat dirt and basically have a comeuppance and I do think there's a lot of that should have been us, though. I think that is going to be a real feeling. If the Rams go off in this game, there will be a lot of Packer fans who think, well, why couldn't this happen in our game? Why were the Rams able to do this? 
I do think that the Rams have played the best football out of anyone in these playoffs, in my opinion. And the Rams got a little tight. I think the Rams in the second half, it was like the guy who was winning the major down the stretch, and it was his first major, and all of a sudden he pulls one into the trays, and it's like, holy fuck, I'm I'm about to win the Masters, I'm about to win the U.S. Open, or I'm going to win the Open Championships. Like, I do think that that's basically what happened to the Rams and why they kind of got tight butthole there instead of just playing it out, especially because it was against Tom Brady. We all know the 28-3, to but in my opinion, the Rams are playing the best football and probably where I will invest my money, although I have been awful these playoffs. I have gotten absolutely murdered, uh, and not surprisingly because I was on the Packers, but I was also on the Titans. I I did nail, I would say I, I did have the Chiefs, and but you guys don't care about that. Here, here's the thing. I think the Rams look the best. I would have been very nervous to play the Rams, even if the Packers squeaked that game out. Even if the Packers squeaked that game out, I would be very nervous of what the Rams brought to town. Even though I think Matt Stafford has his own personal demons with Lambeau Field, I think that is not a place that he likes. I think there's a lot of bad juju there for him. And you can say whether that affects a quarterback or not. I think it's true. Um, but I, their running game has become really impressive. And I realize how good the Niners have been against the run, but they just look unstoppable. And then the amount of edge rush that the Packers were getting with Rashawn Gary, with Preston Smith, with a little bit of Desiderius Smith, you don't think the Rams can do that with Leonard Floyd and Von Miller? Von Miller looks as good as Von Miller has looked in years. He looks completely revived. Also, like let's not forget, that Niners secondary was complete trash, and they haven't got exposed. And I think it will piss me off even more if guys like Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, um, Odell Beckham Jr. all go off in this game because... I think it'll really justify that Aaron Rodgers fucked this up. And I and we'll talk more about it, but like I I just see this as you can watch this either as someone who wants to see the Niners go far or you can see it as somebody who wants to see the Rams basically pulverize them and then and then don't have to worry about the 49ers at least till next year and figure it out again. And maybe that gives you some clarity if the Rams, let's say, win by 10 plus, that it's like, well, the Rams were the best team here in the NFC down the stretch. And all of a sudden they turned it on and we didn't realize it because they had lost their last game of the year. But in reality, the Rams really did kind of have what they needed. And Cam Akers was this special weapon. And Sean McVay gets his first Super Bowl and he's boy genius, the whole thing. I just think the Rams are the team to beat in this. I think the NFL wants the Rams. If you, if we're being honest, I think the NFL wants Rams-Chiefs. The NFL would appreciate a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. Mahomes, LA hosts, I think that would be a big deal with Kroenke. Second straight year it's happened, which is kind of fucking wild because it never happened. And those teams who would host Super Bowls were like cursed. So it's really weird that this has now happened in a second straight year. Now, granted, good teams are getting Super Bowls. Like, Arizona has a Super Bowl next year. I'd be stunned if Arizona was a Super Bowl team, but you never know. You, you never know, man. It, every year is different with the, with the NFL. So you could also cheer for something just terribly wrong to happen. Like, if you don't really like Matt Stafford, I'm one of them. I got into a fight with my fucking mom about Matt Stafford. My mom 
I didn't know my mom was a Matt Stafford fan. Like, I had zero idea that my mom was a Matt Stafford fan. And she, like, legitimately was debating me about how he was a better guy than Aaron Rodgers. Now, my mom, big football fan, she does not really like Aaron Rodgers. I, she's, like, kind of okay on Aaron Rodgers. She is more of a Brett Favre gal. She's always been that way. She wasn't like one of those in 2008 where she's like, oh, they should have kept Favre, all that bullshit. Not it. She was, she's always Packer for life. But she always was more on the Favre side of things than the Rogers side of things. And she always compares the two. So somehow, someway, even though Brett Favre was a noted asshole and Brett Favre was a womanizer, he was a drinker, he was a malcontent at the end of his career... Even with all of that, my mother was arguing that Matthew Stafford is just a better human being than Aaron Rodgers. And I got, and she's not even like, uh, the vaccine shit doesn't bother her or whatever. Like that, it had nothing to do with it. It was just, and I I was like, like, I I, I didn't say what I wanted to say. I'm like, the guy's a fucking douchebag. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like he's really well liked in Detroit. I don't know. Matt Stafford has always bothered me. And I don't know if it's his wife. I don't know if it's that I've said he is Carson Palmer of our generation. Like, there is a lot of Matthew Stafford takes that I would have to delete, like, delete, delete, delete if Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. So the fact that he wants to be called Matthew, it's like, fuck, he's Matt, Matthew, Matty. Like, we can call him whatever the fuck you want, all right? So that that is a cross I have to bear with Matthew Stafford, and that's... That's annoying. I I also don't really like Aaron Donald. Like, I respect Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald is, like, just a a man among boys, right? But I also think he's a fake tough guy. I think he... And and look, you're like, well, say that to his face. I'm like, yeah, of course he'd kick my ass, okay? Like, the guy fucking trains with knives. But I I just think he's a hardo. Like, he tried to choke Lucas Patrick. He tried to choke some other guy. Dude loves choking. He obviously has a choking fetish. Like, come on. Like, I don't know. I'm not a huge Aaron, Aaron Donald guy. The other part of this is Odell Beckham would get rubbed in all of our faces. My friend Eric, who is hell-bent that the Rams run a pristine organization, even though they do not have a draft pick until maybe in the next 2008-2028 election, um, he'll rub it in my face and be like, the Rams model worked all this stuff, and I would argue with him, well, it's actually a draft pick, Cam Akers, came back and has helped this team. So really, it was them drafting a a running back and having the foresight to understand that Cam Akers was going to be a star and that Cam Akers coming back from an Achilles injury in five months, which again, totally normal, right? Like the guys who are not going to be in the Hall of Fame, which I don't give a fuck about, and I'm not going to talk too much about it. But those guys are getting knocked out of the Hall of Fame because they did steroids. But somehow no one's wondering that a guy comes back from an Achilles tear in five months. Like, come on, let's just, let's let's use a little deductive reasoning here, all right? Let's, let's just put our thinking caps on once in a while. Can you tell I'm punchy? I'm a little punchy. I'm doing this late. It's Friday. I'm just I'm just vibing, and it feels good. And I love I love Friday shows because I kind of let my hair down. It's a little less rigid. Um, it's a little more just kind of off the cuff, and that's that's what I like. I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth. Is, is there any other Rams guys I don't like? Leonard Floyd is funny because we can rub that in Bears fans' faces. That's always a good time. Cooper Cup, I have no malice towards. 
their offensive line has, I think, multiple Badgers on it. David Edwards and uh, was it Havenstein? Yeah, it's Havenstein. Uh, so like no issue there. Higby, I just didn't really like him from a fantasy perspective, but that's not Higby's fault, you know. Whatever. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of and McVay. I think McVay is cool. I think McVay is a cool guy. Like. I like McVeigh. Um, I I don't enjoy that everyone just flates him at every possible corner, but that's life. I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. So I look at that and I say, all right, kind of don't like the Rams, uh, the Stafford thing, but I also really don't like Jimmy G. Like, it's a very unlikable quarterback matchup. Like, you have Mahomes and Burrow on the other side, who are two of the most likable dudes possible in the in, in the in football, and then you have Jimmy G and Matt Stafford. I guess, according to my mom, I should like Matt Stafford, but I, I just don't. So you have Jimmy G, and I don't like Jimmy, but I like Debo. I'm not going to go through all the guys I like, but I, I, I guess I, what to say is I do like the Niners guys a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Like, I like the Kittle's awesome. Like, I don't know. I, I do, Nick Bosa's a fuck, but other than that, like, I don't know. I, I think they're, they're fun. Like, Fred Warner, too. Like, I don't know, man. So that does that mean I should cheer for the Niners? But again, I said I was going to invest in the Rams. I think this is an ultimate pivot play. I think everybody's going to be on the Niners. I think the Niners are going to be a very public puppy. I think the bet that a lot of people will make will be to tease the Niners down to nine and to tease the Chiefs down to one because that feels like it won't lose. Now, I don't know if I'll do that. I don't know if I will do that as like a hedge, basically. Um, and I know hedgings for gardeners. I almost did it with the Bills and Rams on last Sunday, even though I didn't want to bet the Bills. I, I don't break through numbers on teases. So if it seems like the Chiefs are, or the Rams are a good example, Rams are minus three, if I wouldn't tease the Rams down to plus three. Like that, that's just fucking dumb. Like that's, that's a, lo- that's a losing strategy. But if I feel like it's going to be a close game, why not just tease the Niners? to nine and the Chiefs to one. You can pick guys to hate and the quarterbacks are easy. The coaches are also kind of easy if you don't like one of those. I don't really like Kyle Shanahan. So that's another check mark against the 49ers. And yeah, figure out something that gives you peace. And if you can't watch it, all right, halftime, turn it off, watch Ozark. I mean, there's so much shit to binge. I've heard Peacemaker's really good. I'm way behind on Euphoria. Like, there is enough TV right now to go through where you don't have to watch the game or you can second screen it and just have it on. If it gets good and you want to hop in in the fourth quarter, I get it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's what I would do. Um, hope, hope the guide helps. And let's uh, wrap up today's show with the Wisconsin sports preview for this weekend. So we have a lot of hoops, as always we do in the middle of winter. Uh, we have a majority of the hoops going on on Sunday. It's weird. Saturday, we have nothing. And then Friday, we have a 9 p.m. Bucks game against the New York Knicks. That is late, my friends. The Bucks are actually the last game of the night. Um, ESPN's insistence on putting the Knicks on TV. 10 o'clock Knicks start. I'll, I'm sure we'll hear that from the East Coast people. Bucks are a nine-point favorite. It would be really nice for the Bucks not to play with their food. They owe New York one from embarrassing themselves at the Pfizer Forum back in November. They beat the Knicks twice. This is a beatable opponent for Milwaukee. And I do wonder if that Cleveland game is a wake-up call. I understand 
the thesis of do not take every regular season game that seriously. But I do wonder if that finally opened the Bucks' eyes of like, we, we're going to have to make a push here. And we're going to have to kind of get hot at some point. And this is a good time to get hot. You're at home for a few days before you head out west. Like this is a great time for Milwaukee to kind of get get the engine in gear. And if you know you win these two games this weekend, then it's like, all right, you've won. What would that be? If they, you win both those games, you're five for your last six. That's not bad. Like I, I can, I think every one of us can deal with that. But the Bucks just need to get hot. They need to kind of find that rhythm. Um, and yeah, if you have Holiday and Middleton and Giannis all playing. 18 and four is a great record and they'll look to kind of continue it against a Knicks team that really hasn't been playing well. They can't score at all. Uh, they got blown out by Miami uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, they lost close to Cleveland, but they only scored 93 points. Uh, the Knicks are, they had a bad loss to the Pelicans recently. They're not playing good basketball. So this is a great time for the Bucks to be getting the Knicks and hopefully they can come victorious then the Nuggets come to town on Sunday after Sunday evening at six o'clock start. Tell the timing wise, if there was an NFC Championship game, that would have had to been moved because there was no back to back. So the reason why I forget who explained this to me, I think my guy Pat did. So the reason why that game against Sacramento only moved up an hour was because of the back to back rules. So basically, the NBA. For back-to-back games, you cannot actually start a game an hour or what is like an hour before. Like the earliest they could have started that game was six o'clock because both I think the Bucks were on back-to-back, the Kings weren't. But because the Bucks were on back-to-back, the game could start at the earliest six p.m. So that that was why it only started at six p.m. Both teams are off on Saturday, so they could have started early had there been an NFC Championship game. But now there's nothing to worry about. And I, I should have added that in the haters guide. Like, just go to the fucking Bucks game. If like you really don't want to watch uh, the NFC Championship game, go to the Bucks game. Because you go to Bucks game, it, it'll get done eight thirty. You can go over to a bar, probably catch the fourth quarter, probably catch the tail end. And at least see that. And if you have like a YouTube TV app, you can just pull that up and kind of check in, see what's going on. But yeah, go to go see Bucks Nuggets. I mean, that's a great game. I mean, Jokic against Giannis is always fun. Uh, Jokic definitely gives the Bucks some problems. I think with no Brook Lopez, that's going to be an issue uh, with Bobby Portis and Giannis. Uh, so the Bucks are going to have to do a lot on the perimeter and also prevent Denver from shooting. Denver always seems to shoot really well against the Bucks. I know they won this year already, but that was without Jokic. It's a different ball game when Nikola is playing. So hopefully a 2-0 weekend for the Bucs. There's no reason why they can't be 2-0 and sort of push this thing into the right direction and start establishing themselves as the top team in the NBA Central Division. As for the colleges, we have Marquette in action against Providence. Awesome game. It was supposed to be a 3.30 on Saturday. I think everybody who is a Marquette student was looking forward to that. That's an awesome time for a basketball game. Just perfect timing for a college basketball game. If you want like the Mount Rushmore of college basketball start times, that is way up there. Any Anything from like 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock is perfect because you can still do dinner, still do something at night because the game ends at 6.00. 
You're not going to get judged by your wife for starting to drink. Um, and if, two o'clock might be a little early, but like by 2.30, you can certainly crack a beer. Like to me, the 2.30 start time for college football is beer cracking time. Like that's when that's when beers are starting to flow. Now, my wife says, well, why do you start drinking then and you're out till one o'clock and you wonder why you're hungover? And it's like, yeah, I know, but I only have so many days left in, in the city before I go out to the suburbs. I know we don't have a house at all, but I, I'm just saying like, that's what happens sometimes, all right? Uh, but no, seriously, so 3.30, great time, would have been perfect for a bar watch, would have been perfect to watch at home, get a little lubrication before heading out to the bar, you know, everything. And now there's a big snowstorm heading Providence's way. They're going to get a ton of snow, mostly for the safety of the fans. Marquette likely will already be there. Uh, for the safety of the fans, they're pushing that back a day. And so Marquette and Providence will play on Sunday at 11.30. Doesn't hit the same. You could do brunch with Marquette. You could have yourself a bloody... Uh, you could go maybe to a Jacks or something like that, which I'm sure we'll have the game on. It's on FS1. So there's nothing, nothing really changed besides the date and the time. For me personally, I absolutely love it because I was supposed to, well, I'm not supposed to. I am going to my father-in-law's birthday and it starts at four o'clock. Going to be out of pocket for an hour, aka church. And that was right during the Marquette Providence game. So I was like, well, I'll DVR it. And then if it's worth watching, whether it's a close loss or a close win, I'll do that. So I have something to talk about. And if it's a blowout, I'll just, you know, keep moment it through YouTube TV. Then the 1130 news hits. I'm like, this is great. This is perfect. Um, wife's going to be out of, out of the house for most of the day. Like I got Marquette Providence leading right to... Bengals Chiefs, I am fucking set. Like, I don't need to do anything. I will probably not. And I will just enjoy the day. So, yeah. So, that, to me, is exciting. I'm glad we're getting the 11.30. As for the game itself, probably should talk about the game, right? We've been talking about the time, but probably should at least mention the, the game within it. So, Providence, obviously, is really good. Providence has been playing great basketball. They have not lost since getting absolutely pounded by Marquette. I have to think that Providence remembers that, and they're going to know that, and it's going to stick in their craw. Ed Cooley's the type of guy that would motivate a Providence team to come out with a passion. I expect Providence to hit Marquette right in the mouth to start this game. Now, Marquette has been one to do the hitting lately. Um, you're on a seven-game win streak. Of course, it's going to happen. I think if Marquette responds to the first one or two punches from Providence, they're going to be in this fight. They're going to be battling till the end. I don't know if Marquette's going to win. Providence, experienced team at home. Marquette's three-point regression has to come at some point. I, I just don't feel that great about them pulling out two wins on the road against Seton Hall and Providence. Now, it's not, again, it's not to say that they won't. They're a very good chance. But there's no metric that I'm like, okay, they're so much better at this. I mean, the three-point numbers are off the charts for Marquette. And that's like the one thing to pay attention to where you're like, wow, they're 95th in the country, but they're number one in the Big East in three-point shooting percentage at 40%. At some point, doesn't that have to dip? 
The one thing that's interesting about Marquette's defense and Seton Hall or uh, Providence, excuse me, is Providence has trouble scoring in the two-point area. They're seventh in the Big East. Marquette is second. Also, they do have a little bit of a turnover issue, and Marquette is second best in turnovers. And Providence doesn't rebound the ball that well, which helps Marquette, right? Because Marquette doesn't rebound either. So all of those things are beneficial. But I, I really think this game matters in the first 10 minutes. I think we'll know within 10 minutes of this game whether it's worth paying attention to or just doing some shit around the house. Because I, I do think there's a chance Providence comes out with an absolute fury. And you could argue Marquette is due. So I, I don't feel great about this. Um, I'll be honest, um, this is not one I feel good, but we'll see. And also, too, there's Villanova game looming on Wednesday. I don't think you'll look ahead, though, to another ranked team. So we'll see if Mark can get it done. Uh, surprise me, make me look like an idiot, um, which it's not hard to do. So we'll, we'll see if the Golden Eagles are able to pull out their eighth straight victory and basically and, and guarantee a winning record during their gauntlet. Their six-game gauntlet that we talked about a little bit last week, they would then be 4-0 and then be in house money land for their next two games, which are Villanova and UConn, which are both very hard. And so that would be a reason why you'd love a win against Providence because they're more on your level. And I know they just beat Villanova, so I shouldn't say like Villanova isn't on their level. I just think you're going to get an, a very angry Villanova team. And they hung with UConn last time around, but UConn has so much size inside. They're just a really bad matchup for Marquette. Things get a lot easier after that UConn game. Lastly, the Badgers. As you all know, I don't talk too much about the Badgers, but I'd be remiss to not mention the Badgers on a Wisconsin sports weekend. They're playing at the same time as Marquette. So if you're a household divided with Marquette and Wisconsin fans, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, that game starts at noon on Sunday. So if you're a Badger fan, little boy Mary as well, uh, in the mix. They're facing a Minnesota team that has been really struggling. Obviously, the rivalry, Ben Johnson's first. But Minnesota did get a nice win against Rutgers last week. They had Ohio State at home. Uh, they got beat pretty good. This is now their fifth loss in their last six games. Uh, Minnesota being two and six in the conference. This should be easy pickings for Wisconsin. They should have no problem with this Minnesota team. Uh, I don't. I don't see anything statistical wise where it gives me pause. Both teams don't turn the ball over. Uh, that's interesting. They're both tops in the in the college basketball world in terms of not turning the ball over. Minnesota does have a pretty good offense on for a full season, but when you get down to the Big Ten, their offensive efficiency is pretty brutal. So it's not something to write hold about, and their defense has been awful as well. So a combination of bad offense, bad defense, is why Minnesota has lost so many Big Ten games already. This, the Gophers have given Wisconsin fits in the past years, so that's just... And, like, none of that matters because guys transfer, and it's just not necessarily as much of a thing. But, yeah, they've they've had their issues in the past. They didn't have it last year. They were able to take care of Richard Patino and the and Minnesota at home last year in a 71-59 win on New Year's Eve. I, th- I, I always think they have trouble against Minnesota, but, yeah, they, they did loop right before the pandemic. They got blown out. I remember that. They got blown out. 
at Minnesota, and then they won at home, and it was a very tight game on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon, and were able to pull that one out. And again, right before everything uh, went sideways in in the world, so maybe a little remembrance of the barn more so than at home. Yeah, the the Badgers ha- should be able to take care of business. I think they have the best probably chance of winning out of Marquette or Wisconsin. It's definitely Wisconsin, no no question about it. Uh, and then, yeah, the Bucks. hopefully we, we see some wins. Hopefully we go 4-0, and it's great. And hopefully the NFC Championship game doesn't pain us all too much. Hopefully we don't have to see a lot of Robbie Gold kicks or a lot of San Francisco in the snow that we're able to just sort of move on and everybody forgets. And maybe that Chiefs-Bengals game is awesome and no one wants to talk about the NFC. That would also be appreciated and welcomed. All right, guys, that does it for today's show. Back Monday, we will uh, talk then uh, about a variety of topics. We'll look back at how the Bucks did this weekend. We'll talk about Marquette. Um, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the NFC title game and what happened and how does that change your perspective of that of, of the season for the Packers. And at some point next week, we'll start getting into like Packer grades. I do want to do that. I've always, I always like start it and then I don't do enough of the re, you know, whatever. And I would say the research, but I, I don't do enough of like a due diligence of how do I condense it down so it's not like this long winded thing. How can we make it so it's kind of nice and tight? So let me, let me think through that. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. I do want to start interviewing again. Um, that's a project I have in the works. Um, if you know people or you want to be on the show um, and have something to promote, like let's talk. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a good one and we'll see you Monday. Bye.